This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 261. This is dedicated to the world of boxing. We are the Fight Disciples. Hope you are well. You can subscribe to this via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. And you can get us on our website, fightdisciples.com. This will be the last official boxing show of 2018 because we're having two weeks off. We'll be back in the new year. Uh, So there won't be a review show next week because it's bloody Christmas Day. You should be doing other shit. Um, However, I've no doubt that if you are at an event involving boxing this weekend, you will see either myself or Nick and we'll have a little bit of a chat and a a deconstruction of what you've seen in a bar somewhere uh, at an official Christmas party. Uh, Now, before we get stuck into uh, this week's show, uh, and talk about the actual boxing or what in, inside the ring. I want to uh, I want to start by the big issue of the day. And the big issue is, how fit are the Tecati girls? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo! No wonder Oscar De La Hoya's having a right old time of it in his fishnets and he's whisk up his ass. He's having a right time, isn't he? Corona girls used to be the ones. Yeah. They, they used to be the ones. That's where we all used to go crazy. But the Tecati girls, oh my days. I want to sit in on the on the Tecati girls audition. That's what I want to do. <laughs> that That's what I want for Christmas. Can someone sort that out? <laughs> Pretty smoking. Big step up, aren't they? From, uh, oh, they're elite. Big step up from the girls you see at Lee, Lee Sports Centre or the Brentwood oh. Leisure Centre. I've just Jesus walked, Christ. Mate, I've just walked through St John's. Right? <laughs> Jeez. Half of the girls in there don't even have their own teeth, mate. <laughs> they are a different level. And I'll tell you something, fair play to them, right? Because they get on every single shot. Every single TV shot, they are there. I'm surprised that they don't find themselves in the ring during the fight at some points, don't they? They are there advertising the brand. I've never even had Tecati, but I bloody want to taste it. Yeah, it is nice, Tecati. Is it? They're, they're all like, when you go to the US, though, they're all like minor celebrities now. They've all got big Instagram accounts. They've all got massive Who followers. Who have the lasses? The girls have, yeah. It's like a proper ring car girl kind of inside things. So. Some of them are quite fixed. Stephanie Cook, I think, is one of them. How did you, you even know the names? Of course I do. Oh, my God. Where have you been? I'm going to be... That's what I'm doing this Tony afternoon. Jordan. Uh, she's another one. Tony Jordan? Tony Jordan. Sounds like a fucking Formula One racing driver. I'll give, I'll Who's give she? It, I'll give you the tip about this Catty Gales as well. Yeah. They've always got a pot of Vaseline. Eh? They've all, they always carry a pot of grease. So if you have a boxer on a card, there's Catty Gales on, and you forget the grease for the corner, see the girls, they've always got a pot, Andy. What have they got a pot for? Because they smother it all over them, all over the teeth, to make the ding. They put Vaseline on the teeth. On their teeth, yeah. So when they're in the ring, so they've got to do that big smile throughout the whole three national anthems back to back. Yeah. Doesn't hurt their teeth, doesn't hurt their mouth. Really? Yeah. Is that a thing, is it? Inside a tip there. See, I've mixed with ring car girls in my time, son. I bet you have. Let me tell you. I wonder why you have Vaseline all over your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, just one finger. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Have you cut your nails? Whoa! That's a little bit... Oof! It's a bit uncomfy, that one. Tony. Tony (laughs) J. Oh, that's how we start the show. Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> in case you've listened to us for the first time. That's it. You've chipped in. You think to yourself, my mates recommended these Fight Disciples, lads. What did they talk about? Sticking a finger up your ass off a Takati girl. That's how we start. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our new listeners. Oh, dear. <laughs> Welcome, Tony Jordan. <laughs> 
Welcome back, Tony Jordan. Welcome back, indeed. Oh, aye. That's like that, is it? <laughs> now then, I just want to uh, address Barry, because I know that Barry will be listening to the show. You're thinking to yourself, who the bloody hell's Barry? If you were uh, follow me personally on social media, you'll know that I referred to Barry last week as um, as a collective person, that type of person that likes to tweet or, or troll fighters as they uh, get themselves... Stop showing me pictures of Tony Jordan. <laughs> I'm trying to do a sensible bit of the show. Oh, my days. Get the Vaseline out. That's serious, isn't it? Forget Barry for a minute. Anybody got any more hooker socks on him? I need one. He's outrageous, that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Anyway, Barry, the person that trolls fighters, that tells them that they are wrong for taking on the biggest challenges of their life, The, uh, the person that... Tweets the likes of Anthony Crawler, you know, Barry from Barnsley. That Barry says, from Barnsley. You've no business getting in with Lomachenko, son. Yeah. I made a tweet last week, right, and I basically said, listen, Barry from Barry from Twitter reckons that Rocky Fielding's going to get smashed, right? Now, the follow-up to that was, Rocky Fielding might get smashed. These are my exact words on Twitter. Rocky Fielding might get smashed. Then again, Rocky Fielding might not get smashed. There's real beauty in believing in the might not. That's what we're in this game for. That's Believe in the all might. About, exactly. Believe in the might not. Those little guys that get a lovely FA Cup draw. You know the ones from non-league that end up going to play Liverpool at Anfield? Yep. There's beauty in believing that you can giant kill. That is what sport is all about. Now, of course, the logical logical thought process for the weekend was that Rocky Fielding was going to get smashed. That was the logical thing to do. But that's not fun. There's no fun in believing in the logic. Listen, no one. this country didn't stay up till four o'clock in the morning. For that, we stayed up for the romance that's the opposite it. might happen, of course we did. Mm. The exact same reason why, as you say, when a minnows from non-league football draw fucking Liverpool at Anfield, that's why it goes on the BBC in the fifth round draw, because people want to see that. People aren't tuning in in their millions to watch Liverpool smash to bits a, a non-league side. They're tuning in because they want to see an upset. They want to see the non-league side win. Mm. That's the romance of sport. And this is what upsets me about Barry from Barnsley. And obviously that's... Well, but Barry's a collective. He's off. He's just well, he off is a Twitter. collective. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't dig out Barnsley. I kind of like Barnsley. There's some lovely people over in but Yorkshire. It, it, it's a collective, isn't it? They're being called Barry, Barry from Barnsley. That's Barry. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. And listen, don't be a Barry. Don't be a Barry. That is the fucking giveaway. That's <coughs> the, the name of today's show. Don't be, be a Barry. Barry. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't be a Barry. Because if you're a Barry, you're a sad twat. <laughs> You're still in your mum's box room. Exactly, yeah. But even if you're not, even if you're fucking no, sick. No, they are. Because let's be honest, right? There is not a Barry who's got kids, no. a wife, a girlfriend, a life. There exactly. Isn't, no, there ba- isn't. Barry's don't. You can't be a, shit. No, you can't, you can't be, be a Barry. Barry if you've got other shit going on in you your can't. life. Exactly. You've got to be a sad sack to actually put that out there. And that's one of the crazy things about social media. Why would anyone put that out there? Why would you put that out into the universe, even if you believed it? And no doubt they do believe it, but why put it out there? What what comes back to you? What what you're putting out yeah, yeah. comes back. So you're putting shit out there, negativity. You're, why why do you expect your life to be good? Well, think think about us, right? As a, as as a radio show, we make we we make no bones for being biased. Of course we do, and we do have our mates. Of course yeah. we do. I've said things. Because they're my mates. Because mm-hmm. there's lads out there that I have a little bit of an emo- more of an emotional connection to than some geezer that's grown up in Mexico that I've no idea. You know, I don't know him. I don't know the geezer. I'm going to back my guy. I'm going to back my mate. That's what I do, all right? And we make no apologies for that. But people seem to think that because I work in mainstream media and you work in mainstream media, that we should have this balanced approach to sports. That's bullshit. That's boring. That's why a lot of fight sports broadcasting is boring. 
because people sit on the fence yeah. and they tell you the logical thing. The reason why this works is that we don't. Yeah. The best the best programs. Think about all the best things that you watch, not necessarily fight sports, right? But all the best things that you watch, whether it be football or whatever, the people that don't sit on the fence. Watching Roy Keane yesterday, right? Yeah, in, the football, in, yeah. in, in the football between Man United and Liverpool. Roy Keane just fucking tells you how it is. Yeah. And it's captivating telly. You don't want someone to just sit there and, and suck someone's cock off. Mm-hmm. Not interested in that. We'll just tell you, we'll give you a, a real biased opinion. And that's what hopefully you're, you're buying into. Now, if you didn't listen to any radio broadcast I did last week, and I did seven of them, including this one, I never once said that I thought Rocky Fielding could win. Never mm. once did I did those come out of my mouth. Did I want him to win? 100% we own my heart. Of yep. course I did. I knew the challenge. I knew that he was taking on one of the best body punches in the entire world. And look at the torso on the Rocky. There's mm. a lot of real estate there to go and get stuck into. Absolutely. It was staring us all in the face. We all knew what was, kind of what was going to happen. But I want to believe in the 10%. I don't exactly. want to go with the 90%. I'm going to go with a 10% every single time because that is the beauty of sport for me. Absolutely, yeah. Completely agree. That's why I stayed up till four in the morning. That's why even when we did the radio show together on Saturday night in a couple of hours before the fight itself, I was still trying to put it out there that I wanted Rocky to win. I wanted Rocky to win. I was still urging people, put it, put it, put it on late. You just don't know. I was still trying to... In my own mind, I'm still trying to go. Wait a minute, Amir Khan was a lot smaller. He was a he was giving away a stone when he fought him, and you know Liam Smith managed to go seven rounds or whatever it was. And I'm, I'm still trying to convince myself, but yeah, everyone listening to go buy into it. Fucking let's get behind it because I wanted people to support Rocky. I wanted people to get behind one of our own who was daring to be great. Yes, it was you know fucking a massive massive test. But what would you rather he did? Box at the Echo Arena, defending against imported Eastern Europeans, yeah, ranked exactly. number 14, number 15 Bullshit. in the WBA. Bullshit. And get tired of it and then get have a go at Eddie Earn because he's not putting the big fights on. Fuck it. The big call came in and he took it. He went to Madison Square Garden. A kid that, as he says himself, started on fucking in leisure centres. We had his name in lights at Madison Square Garden, taking on the pound for pound biggest ticket seller in boxing right now. Yes, he did get found out. Yes, he did come up short. But fuck me, he walked to that ring and he gave it a fucking good old go. And people going, oh, he'd lost before he started the fight. I didn't see that after he got up after the third round. If he'd have lost before he started the fight, he'd have fucking stayed down after the first body punch. Mm. But he got up three times. In fact, he got up four times That's another the thing. referee stopped it. That's another thing. People commenting on Rocky, smiling, he's never been so happy to lose his belt and all that type of stuff. This is bullshit. Absolute bullshit. The kid. Have you right? ever seen Rocky without a smile on his face? No, absolutely not. Right at the end of the day, I think it was the smile is purely to the fact of he's he's realised. Yeah. Fucking hell, this guy's unbelievable. Yeah. And he was unbelievable. Listen, I, I don't want to take anything away from Canelo, even though you're a dirty drug seat, right? The performance was outstanding. Footwork, shot selection, didn't yeah. waste a fucking beat. He looks immense at twelve stone. He yeah, did. He, he looked did. unbelievable. And I hope that he stays there. And text on some of the other lads. You know what I mean? Maybe gets in with, with Callum. Might go the same way. I don't know. But mm. I'd like to see I'd like to see Canelo sticking around uh, at, at 12 stone. Rocky didn't Rocky did not swallow that. He kept getting up. He just got beat by a freak. He was just outclassed. He got beat by a freak. Yeah, he was just outclassed. He, he, you know, at the end of the day, that was what, what I tweeted out there was like, there's there's European level, there's world level, there's even world champions, but then there's the elite level. There's, there's the, the pound for pound yeah, group. That's it. There's these guys. Canelo's and, in there. And one thing I this is remember last year when I was having that chat with you about 
strength and power and that flat head syndrome, the back of the skull, where there's no con- there's no cave to the back of your sorry, there's no roundedness to the back of your skull. It's just flat from the back of your neck right up to your crown. It's just flat. Canelo's got that shit. That fucking, <laughs> that's where he gets his power that's from. That's where he gets the power from. That flat, the back of the skull. If that's flat on someone, if you ever start, if you ever get Stay into away. a fight with someone and you look at the back of their head and their <laughs> neck runs into the crown of their head, there's no shape at the back of the skull. Stay the fuck away from them because that person can whack. This is why I get so... Ag- 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 science. This is why I get so mad regarding the Canelo drug thing, right? Because he is elite. Yeah. He's a freak. And I didn't want him to taint it. No. Because he's so good. Exactly. At all multiple levels. He's gone in with the very best. Look at his record. Look who he's fought. He's been in with every man and his dog. And all right, every now and again, he gets a favourable card, as we've seen in the uh, Golovkin fights. And even in the Floyd fight, which he lost, there's no way it's a split decision, that fight. Absolutely not. He he is favourably looked upon. But he's a sensational fighter. So therefore, when it does come out that he's been on the gear... He shouldn't be in the ring. It's December 2018. He should still be suffering a suspension, in Mm. my opinion. He should have got a minimum two-year ban. He shouldn't be allowed to box right now. That's a fact. Let's, so let's just park that. But park it for now because I thought Canelo was absolutely sensational. You can see now why they handpicked Rocky Fielding because of all that torso. Mm-hmm. Because he can be hit. Um, and Roddy, I think Rocky likes to fight up close. You know, he likes to get his work going up close. And that was tailor-made for Canelo. Yeah. Because once you try and fight up close, once he starts landing them body shots... You know, he's a body snatcher, so... He's outstanding at that. Uh, he, he looked he looked tremendous. You know, there's a massive fight out there for him, not against Callum Smith, but against the Mexican WBO champion. Mm. That's a massive fight for him. And he's on Golden Boy as well. So I think that, that could be absolutely brilliant. But I think the noises they're making are that he's going to come back down to middleweight. Uh, but they're waiting for Triple G at the moment. But no, Triple G apparently has got a zone contract, which is very lucrative, which would point towards Canelo Part 3. Uh, but ESPN, Al Heyman, they want him bad over in the US, which means if he signs that contract, I mean, and he's edging towards the PBC contract, then we could actually get Triple G on ITV. Fuck me. Dirty. In 2019. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the show, this ITV deal. Um, just a quick one on that card, because, yeah, Rocky came up short. I'll tell you who didn't come up short, Katie Taylor. You absolute animal. I'm... Nick has made the, um, the the point. Let's go for three minute rounds for the girls now, just to see. So therefore, we've got an opportunity then to maybe see some knockouts. I'm not even bothered about the knockouts, just to see her fight for longer. She's absolutely outrageous. The hand speeds, just the unreal. Ha- Did you see that little combination on the yeah. body where she let? Yeah. Up, she must have let about thirty punches go. It yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah. Katie Taylor is is a freak. Eva Walsham's an undefeated fighter as well, coming into that, you know. A She's a weight category below, well. though. She is, but she was a top-level le- top amateur. Well, yeah, and Katie shared it during the amateurs as well. There's history there. But Katie Taylor, once again, for me, just proves why she's... I think she's the number one women's boxer on the planet. I could watch her all day and twice on Sundays. Mm. But I, again, I reiterate, a career is being tarnished because of these two-minute rounds. We're not getting the opportunity to see finishes, mm. and she deserves it. She's going to end up with a, a career record, an undefeated career record of 30 fights or whatever it may be, and she'd be lucky if she's got a handful of stoppages. Yeah. And that is taken away from the women's sport, and I think it's patronising to women's boxing as well. You know, at the end of the day, three-minute rounds for men should be three-minute rounds for women too. Mm-hmm. Um, Tevin Farmer was also in action. Did you see his get-up? This is Clobber. Sure did. Come in dressed as fucking Yoshi from Mario Kart, didn't he? You know what I mean? We all the Mental. bloody uh, dinosaur type gear on. Yeah. I just don't get it, me. 
it's too OTT for me. Like a flying carpet, a flying carpet, and a crown I can handle. Yeah, getting carried in on, on like a Roman centurion chair, yeah. all that. So stuff. basically, if you're That's naz, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Anything naz done was brilliant. Mm. Anything walking that, through a graveyard, cool with that, mate. Sensational. I was at that fight as well. That was fucking amazing. But this type of get up, I don't know. It, it's just weird. It's like rap music today. American rap music at the moment is just absolutely wank. Go back to 90s hip-hop for me. It's not Tupac, is it, son? It is not Tupac, absolutely. All this face tattoos and, you know, cross-dressing and Can all you imagine that. a fight between Tevin work. Farmer and Javonta Davis with the get-up that they were? Honest to God, it'd be fucking ridiculous, it'd wouldn't like it? Two Teletubbies going at it with all fucking fuzz that they have on the shorts. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. <clears throat> anyway, he won. It wasn't. It wasn't don't, great. Don't even bother to go back and watch it. He won. No. Tevin Farmer won. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you catch any of the British stuff at the weekend? Well, I, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. One of my prospects of 2019 fucking lit this card up. But loads of the old fight disciples coming on social going, yep, yeah, Nick, absolutely right. Gra- glad you mentioned his name again. Ryan Garcia is the future not. of Mexican boxing. And I was like, yeah. No, Do right. you know what? Mexican I'll, boxing, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I've seen him look better than this. Fifth round stoppage, sensational. I've seen him even look better. I think there's a lot more to come from Ryan Garcia. And the stuff he's doing, I'm thinking, he's not there yet. He's, he's not at 100% yet. Wait until he gets to 100%. Watch how good he is then. I reckon he's at 80 at the moment. Mm. Still things he's doing, I'm thinking, okay, that was a mistake. This is wrong. That's slightly wrong. I think he's, he's got the potential to be an absolute superstar. And now I understand why, after 16 fights... He hasn't been let off the leash properly. They haven't pushed for the world title because I'm seeing performances like this. I'm thinking, okay, a little bit of work still to be done. Mm. But Ryan Garcia could definitely be one to watch in 2019. Did you watch any of the British stuff? Yeah. Did you? I watched the the uh, the end of Bradley Skeet. Did you? Literally the end of Bradley Skeet. Literally, yeah. Quite literally, yeah. For those that haven't seen it, Bradley Skeet got beat off some geezer that you've never even heard of. Yeah. Landed a, a monstrous uh, overhand left. Left hook. Right, right on the whiskers. Down he went. End of chat. This is a geezer that a year ago was touting for a welterweight world title effort when uh, when Jeff Owen was champ. Yeah, absolutely smoked Bradley, didn't he? Yeah, it's not happening, mate. I'll tell no. you what was good, though, on that card. Sonny Edwards was decent. He was down in the uh, in the second round, a little bit of a flash knockdown, and still got up and won the round. He was yeah. absolutely punch perfect. Footwork was uh, on point from Sonny. Uh, over to you, Charlie Edwards, uh, yeah, exactly. this weekend. Sonny Edwards... He's got a new fan of my dad anyway. My dad rang me straight away and was like, oh, I love this kid. I like this kid. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. He's, oh, he's got everything. Got everything. Got up off the floor. Super entertaining. Can he bang enough, though? That Well, that, he's a super flyweight, isn't he? They're just so small. Mm. And that's why it's hard to make any money in this weight class. But him and their kid, they're building some good momentum down there. Hopefully, I don't know whether they've got a massive fan base down south, but they should Find have. Find out this weekend. Because Charlie's they fight action, every eh? weekend, don't they? So they fight it, and they'll fight anybody as well. That's the beauty of it. So mm. uh, I thought he would look great, Sonny Edwards. Definitely can't wait to see him again. 2019, as I say, could be a big year for the Edwards family. Mm. Um, well, next weekend could be a big weekend for Charlie Edwards. We'll get to that in a minute or two. Uh, just a quick one on last weekend. Joseph Parker, uh, bingo to nobody. He's back in action. And uh, we mentioned the Bradley Skeet one. And you mentioned at the start Ramirez, didn't you? You mentioned Ramirez, Ramirez. Yeah, uh, yeah, beat yeah. Jesse Hart again. Yeah. Um, but the rumour is that he's moving up to light heavyweight. I, I know that you just touted maybe a Canelo Can, shot. The Canelo there. fight would make absolute sense to me. Because, but, you know, Ramirez is so big and he's a rising superstar. And Canelo, you'd argue, is on his way out the sport. Maybe it's just come a little bit too soon. Maybe, it, maybe it's, it's 18 months ahead of its time. Mm. But I think Canelo, 
unfinished business maybe with Triple G. They don't want to put that under threat because there's a lot of an awful lot of money to be made there. Um, but the Ramirez fight for me that 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 would absolutely satisfy Mexican boxing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it should do. A um, couple of things before we uh, preview a monstrous week in the in the world of fight sports that have been happening outside of the ring. I think I'm going to start with Freddie Roach. Yeah. Yeah, Fred, what are you doing, lad? Hey, it's just gone down in everyone's estimation. One of the though. one of the greatest. There's no question about that. The work that you've done with some of the fighters down the years that uh, you could tip uh, your cap to, outstanding. But you don't go on national television in the states and dig out a young lad that's making his way, and especially with the way that he has conducted himself over the last eighteen months, Ben Davison. He has been outstanding. He's made Tyson Fury fall back in love with boxing. He's helped him shift the best part of a Lomachenko. 140 pounds has come off that torso. And then he gets him into the biggest heavyweight fight of the year. And arguably, well, I say arguably, he won it. Yeah. But he ended up getting a shitty draw decision. And hopefully then we catapult into 2019 for another monstrous year for, uh, for Tyson Fury. Ben Davison has exceeded our expectation from that time when we saw him cornering Billy Joe Saunders to where he's at right at this moment in time. Yeah. He got everything right with Tyson Fury. He invited invited Freddie Roach into that camp for a little bit of extra experience as well as Ricky Hatton. And then for Freddie to go on TV, it's the fact that he says, I haven't spoken to Ben yet personally. Yeah, yeah. That's the bit. Yeah. If you've spoken to him and he knows what you're going to say and you've said it all before, then all right, yeah. maybe I'd, I can understand it. Listen, and, that, and that doesn't even mean you've ring Ben and go, I'm about to do a TV show and I'm about to dig no. you out. I've, no, if, but if you just ring Ben and go, I think you got this wrong, you got that wrong, you got this wrong, but you can learn from it, whatever. At least the kid knows what's coming. Yeah, exactly. At least he knows, fucking hell, Freddy's wasn't happy with me there, fair enough. But to just go on and... And make a play. He's met. It, it, it seems yeah, like he's making a play, play to. Though. Yeah, but he's, it looks like he's making a play to corner Tyson Fury for the rematch. Yeah, but how though? Because Tyson's after after the journey Tyson's been on over the last fourteen months. I think it's fourteen months to the day. Ben tweeted today, fourteen months. He's got this bond now with Ben Davison. You know, they he, basically Ben Davison pulled him out of a very dark hole. Goes beyond boxing, so it goes well beyond boxing. Their mates, they're fucking tied in for life now. That relationship is solidified for life. Whether he is in the corner for the next fight or not, it makes no difference. Ben Davison and Tyson Fury now will forever be blood brothers. So to come at it that way just makes no fucking sense whatsoever at all. To go on TV and go listen. I think I could have done a better job if I was the number one. Ben may be assisting me, blah, blah. I'd have done this, this, and this. That's different. But to actually go on and say Ben got it wrong. Yeah. Ben was giving him the wrong advice. Yeah. And then start saying shit like, he was giving the same tactics to a fight early on in the night, the same fighter. You've got to treat fighters differently. You think, yeah, but fucking hell, Freddie. Yeah, all right. Jesus Christ, take it easy. But as I, apparently he was saying, I give Isaac Lowe the same advice. And then in the Tyson fight, he told me exactly the same thing. All that shit should be kept behind closed doors. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, it, 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 it stunk, to be honest with you. And Freddie Roach should definitely know better. And uh, I think he's gone down a lot of people's estimations, not just fans as well, mm. people in the industry. I don't know anyone in the industry that's kind of gone, yeah, good on you, Fred. I think everyone's gone, you're a bit of a cunt for doing that. <laughs> so, and, you know, hopefully, and listen, Tyson hasn't come out and said anything about it, but I'm guessing Tyson Fury will have reached out or sent a message or whatever. Or maybe Tyson's just gone... Don't need that negativity to in my life. But I'll tell you now, I'll be very, very surprised if Freddie Roach is anywhere near a Tyson Fury fight ever mm. again. Mm. 
Uh, the other bit of news is that ITV, we told you about this ages ago. If you remember, we, we told you that Al Heyman was coming to the UK. It's now been officially announced. And I just want to get on my iOS a little bit about it because ITV now have a real opportunity to, to change the game here in the UK. When we grew up in the 90s, ITV was the staple home for a lot of big fight night boxing. You used to watch the Bens and the Eubanks of this world uh, and Steve Collins on a Saturday night. Naz then obviously went in on that channel before uh, the boom of Sky and Sky Sports. And I just think ITV have got a real opportunity here now just to change the game a little bit. Because they've partnered up with PBC, who were owned by Al Heyman, who's got deep, 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 deep pockets. He's a man that has even paid fighters not to fight in the past. I just think money might not necessarily... At the start, listen, it's a business transaction. Of course, there's going to be... The, the, the rise are on dollars. Of course it is. But at the start, there's an opportunity not to be silly with the greed and pay-per-view every single bout, which will... Which will damage the chances of growth, let's just say, when it comes to audience size. I think that if you go Saturday night, primetime TV, 10 o'clock, after your X Factor in your jungle or whatever's on at that time, 10 o'clock, your main event, Eubank Jr. versus De Gale to kick us off. The undercard's already been on ITV4. It's not on pay-per-view. It's on ITV1. You're going to do some fucking mad numbers. Absolute mad numbers, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Of course you are. You know, it makes fucking blatant sense. It makes obvious sense. To be honest, I'm I'm not necessarily too excited about that because for me that's a no-brainer. That if they don't do that, they're fucking stupid. They're not trying to build something yeah, with boxing. Yeah, but you know they're not gonna do that. This is the that's ca- why I'm saying it, because I think they're ca- not gonna do no, it. No, I think they will. I think I think I anything they do. anything in the UK like that, of that scale, if they go bigger, fair enough. You know, if they get if they do the gale, you the gale versus Eubank on ITV one, as you say, after the jungle or whatever bullshit it is. Then that brings in a bit of a market, and then you keep that kind of direction going. Hopefully, they sign a few more British fighters. They've got a bit of a British stable PBC to go with late night American stuff, which may end up on ITV4 or the Hub or whatever it may be. But then that's how you build up, like towards a De Gale versus Charlo type fight or something like that. That crossover, which then you can start arguing, okay, it's pay per view in this marketplace, it's pay per view. But I'm more excited about the. As I say, Triple G potentially signing for them. The Charlo's involved on them. Deontay Wilder's involved with them. All the big American fighters, and fuck me, they've got a list of them. You know, if you look at who's signed with Al Heyman or associated with Al Heyman, it's the fucking who's who of American champions. Mm. And to be able for them to be those cards from Detroit or the Staples Center or whatever, to now suddenly then be on a terrestrial platform, whether it's not ITV1, but ITV4 or ITV Hub, that we can go, fuck, yeah, amazing level boxing is up just there. That's what I'm excited but for. But they're not pay-per-view stars in the UK no, right so now. No, so they won't be pay- they won't be on pay-per-view. They can't put them on pay-per-view. It's not going to put them on ITV box office because th- there's not a market for the Charlo twins over here yet. But if you put them on ITV Hub and ITV4 and people start following it and watching it and people listen to our show, we talk, got to make sure you watch the Charlos for free this weekend on ITV4. Then you build that market up. Then, then it starts. Then PBC becomes an attractive proposition pay per view on both sides of the Atlantic. But at the moment, it's not. Mm. While while Hellman's doing this is to come, it's not to combat, but he sees Eddie Hearn jumping over across the Atlantic to yeah. make money here. Well, fuck you! I'm going to jump over and make money in the UK because that's where boxing's happening right now anyway. And I've got the best stable in boxing, so 
and we'll have a piece of that action rather than just selling the rights to Box Nation ad hoc or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I'm going to get my own platform over there. And ITV potentially gives them a massive platform. Listen, their track record over the last two years hasn't been great, ITV, with boxing, let's be honest. Even though there's some good people involved with ITV boxing, I just think, you know, if they get the Fight Disciples in to host the weekly magazine boxing <laughs> show on ITV One before Love Island or whatever it is, we'll fucking smash it. We'll do it from Love Island if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> With the Takata With the girls. Takata girls. Hey, hey, there you go, sorted. Woo, 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 woo. That's the type of show that everybody wants to see. <laughs> No, major opportunity for ITV to uh, change the game. Listen, BT are doing some wonderful things at this moment in time. Yes, Sky so. are still leading the way. There's no question about that. But there's an opportunity for a third player to come on here and, and really grow the audience yeah. and, and make everybody still, listen, fall in love And they'll still have some fights on Box Nation. And they'll still, you know, we could have four or five platforms in 2019 putting out real good level boxing, world-class, world-title fights. It's fucking awesome. Mm. I just hope ITV, as you say, do it properly. It's not rocket science. Fucking hell, me and you can work it out. Anyone can work it out. Build your audience on ITV4, on the hub, on ITV1. Steadily build it up and then go for the pay-per-view dollars. There you Simples. Go. We'll take 10% for that consultancy fee. Not a problem. Job done. Um, which platform are you picking this weekend? I know that you go into a fight, right? But if you were sat at home, which platform are you picking? Because uh, that's... Because well, well, listening to this right listen, now I have I, a dilemma. They've got a dilemma. What do listen, I think? If I, I'll be honest. If I'm sat at home... I'm buying one and streaming one. That's it. That's the truth. I put one on me 65-inch telly. No, he's, I knew you'd get that in. He's bought himself a new telly as the lad, and it is, it's like fucking cinema. It's a yeah. fucking cracker. Uh, I put one on me new 65-inch telly. Uh, we get how big it is. And I'll have one on, me, uh, one on the old iPad, I think. I would definitely 100% watch one and stream one because I, I, I want to watch them both. I'm gutted. Not gutted, but I'm excited to be going to one. I think, okay, the easy question is then, which one are you choosing to go to? Because that's the one where I think is a better show. Um, the one where I'm getting paid to work. But then, mm, the other argument is it's closer to my house. That's why I'm going that one as well. <laughs> so, if Warrington Frampton was in London and Chisora, uh, if I had White fr- was in listen, Manchester, listen. would I still be going to I'll, Manchester? I'll, I'll be honest, right? If I, had a, if, I had a free, if I wasn't working, right, and I was a fan, and I'm, I'm going to one, because I'm a fan, I'm a boxing fan, I want to go to one of these, right? Irrelevant of location and destination, yeah. the one that I would choose would be Frampton Warrington. Yeah. The reason why I would choose Frampton Warrington is because I would make the argument to myself that I've already seen White Chisora. And yes, it was amazing. I shouldn't say, it was a fucking belter though. It was absolutely amazing. And I think it will be so amazing again. So were you saying lightning won't strike twice? No, I think it will be amazing again, right? I think it really will be. Mm-hmm. But I've not seen Frampton Warrington. Yeah. And I thought, I think I've fallen for this fight more than I've fallen for the okay. other fight. So let me ask you this question then. Would you have the same opinion if Warrington hadn't a beat Selby no. and was challenging no, Frampton? Absolutely not. If, War- if Warrington doesn't put that performance in against uh, Lee Selby, and this is just a oh, routine defence. Yeah, forget for the, forget the Selby fight, fight has happened. Forget it. Yeah, it's just one of those where Warrington's become mandatory, and now he's 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 challenging. Um, Let's say Frampton. Frampton's the champ, right? Yeah. Let's just say that's the scenario. I go the other way. Yeah, it's because of that performance Warrington's put in. I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. It's not as clear cut as for everybody me, thinks. He stepped up to world class against Selby and was outstanding. And I truly believe he will put in a similar performance yeah. this weekend. Now, 
I originally thought Selby was technically too good for him. Yeah, we both did. We both sat But he got found out. He didn't I, just get found out. Right. He got he got beaten up and outthought. Everything absolutely brilliant. But in the back of my mind, now I've got the same opinion again. I think Frampton is technically too good for Warrington, yeah. even now. Yeah, yeah. However, Warrington proved me wrong, and in the back of my mind, I think Warrington can prove me wrong again. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. That's why I think this fight is a fifty-fifty fight. It's the start of fight week. I'm going to be in Manchester all week. I'm all over it. I'm so excited. I know Warrington will turn up on Saturday. At the very best. We spoke to him on Saturday, didn't if we? If not he better. Pumped, he's pumped up, man. Yeah, if not better than his performance against Selby. I agree. If not better. I don't know whether that's enough to beat the best Carl Frampton, though. And Carl Frampton isn't the type of person to look past anyone. Hmm. Even As though, we saw with Luke Jackson. He exactly. was outstanding. Carl Frampton, at his A game, I know is elite level, elite level world class. Like the, the Arguably the best featherweight on the planet. On his A game, the best on the planet. But Josh Warrington's A game wiped the floor with a guy I thought was at a similar level. Mm. So I want to know how this dynamic plays out. Yeah, yeah. How these styles, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be a fucking classic. Do you know something? And if it's a classic, I think Warrington could have his day. I think if it's a bit of a masterclass, i.e. Frampton uh, versus, what's his name? The fucking, the kid who... Nonito. Nonito Denier. Then just reiterates the fact that Frampton is absolutely different yeah. class. I think... There's a lot of fans now, and there's been a lot of chat, actually, from Carl's side, where we'll take this fight, we'll obviously become champ, then 2019, I think 2019 could be Carl Frampton's last year. I think in his head, that's what he's got in his head, right? Yeah. Two fights next year, one of them, maybe Leo Santa Cruz, maybe a, a step up in weight or whatever, yeah. Oscar Valdez, whatever, right? That's where he's at. He's got it clearly mapped out in his head. We spoke to Jamie recently, and they've got that exit plan. Yeah. Josh Warrington upsets that this weekend. Yeah. And not, and not, even by beating him. I just think Josh Warrington comes into this fight and we get an absolute classic to the extent where it might even be a draw or something like that or a split decision or really contentious where, let's say Frampton gets the decision, a lot of fans will go away from the Manchester Arena going, I thought Warrington won that, you know? Yeah, I thought Warrington won the close rounds. Yeah, and therefore, you're going to get a shout for a rematch and the rematch will happen because it'll be mega, mega door and it might even go outside again. I just think that we're going to see another one. After this, we will see another one. I don't think it'll be conclusive. I really don't. I can't see a stoppage. I think it'll no. be really tight when uh, when it comes to the decision at the end. I hope so as well. I hope so. Uh, it's, when you look at the stats as well, both these guys have had 27 fights. You mm-hmm. know, you'd think Frampton... Been around for a lot longer. Been around for yeah. a lot longer, yeah. But they both had 27 fights. And uh, I, just, I, just, I just put so much towards momentum. I just think right now, there's just... As they steam down the M62 from Leeds this week, that Frampton, Ar- that Warrington Army, that Yorkshire Warrior Army, they're just going to be fucking so difficult to deal with. If Frampton is anything but on his A game, he will be though. That's got to be. That's why it's so exciting. He's got to be because I want to see where Josh is at. Yeah, because yeah. He exceeded my expectations against Selby. Mm-hmm. Can he do it again against God, Frampton? That's exciting. It's going to be. Wait. It's going to be a cracker. And as well as that, going back to your original question of which one do I choose? The undercard sticks out like a sore thumb, man. Yeah, man. This undercard's amazing. Heffron versus Williams. Williams stepping up in weight to take on Heffron for the British middleweight title. Interesting. I, per- I personally think it's a step too far. However. You've pointed out his attitude's different now. Mm-hmm. He's saying different things on social media. He's yeah. obviously working with a different camp this time around. Yeah. Are we going to get a new Liam Williams? I think we've got to because it's a, he's, he's 
he's took a big bite here. It's a big risk to yeah. suddenly go back to domestic level at a weight above as well. It's I can't, it can't be a one-off. It must be a permanent move. You must see an avenue there, an opportunity to push through mm. as a middleweight. So we need a massive performance. But you know, Mark Evans got family pride on the side, and he's local, so he's got he'll have the Manchester fans behind him and everything else. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting fight, man. I can't wait for that. I think it's got, that could be an absolute cracker as well. Mm. As will this, Martin Murray, Hassan and Dam. Oh my goodness! There's something about Martin Flames. Murray at this moment in time. He's got a bit between his teeth. He's had a, a bit of a a raw deal. Um, especially this year with the Billy Joe Saunders fights and what have you that have fallen off. There's some nastiness about him. When that bell goes, he knows full well that this could be his last chance. It will be his last chance, I think. Yeah. If he doesn't perform, if he doesn't come through this fight, um, I don't think uh, Marty Murray will be knocking on the door of uh, World Honours again. But fighting against the geezer that's been there, done that, got the T-shirt, if he puts on a performance and he does it in a way where people go, fucking hell, yeah. Marty Murray's knocking on the Hard door again. Hard to do that, though, against Hassan. Of course it is. I think this is just about winning. I think whoever wins is a phone call away, and whoever loses is uh, is, lo- is looking down the barrel. Yeah, because they both, you know, you talk about Dam being being the uh, the nearly man on so many occasions. Fucking hell, that's Martin Murray's life. Do you know what I mean? He's been robbed in at least two world title of his four world title fights. So uh, it, 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 it's it's great that they're taking fights of this magnitude when there's no belts on the line. There's no bullshit like that. It's like this is what it's all about. Whoever wins this mm. is is remains a top contender in the middleweight division. Mm. Nathan Gorman's in action. He's taking on uh, Razvan, who... Um, yeah, was supposed to be for Triple D. That's right. So, therefore, there's a, been a change of opponent there. Step up for Gorman. Yeah, it is. But I fully anticipate him to come through because every th- everybody that uh, I respect in Northwest Boxing talks to me about this kid, that he is a little bit special. He's got extremely fast hands for a big boy. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him do his thing. Uh, and speaking about fast hands, Billy Joe Saunders is back in action this weekend. He's taking on Zoltan Sierra. You know our thought process on Billy. I've been called out by many, many people with my attitude towards Billy. At the end of the day, I'm not judging Billy as a boxer. I'm judging Billy as a person. All the things that he is, has done this year have disappointed me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. This time last year after the David Lemieux fight, this, was, this episode last year, was the David Lemieux episode where we was, sat here and yeah. I sat here and went, this geezer's the best middleweight on the planet. Yeah. Get him in with Canelo, get him in with Triple G, he'll school them all. That's where I was at with it. Yeah. Because you can't hit what you can't see and he's the best of it. But he's had an absolute disastrous 12 months. He's mugged... Self-inflicted. Mostly. Yeah, he's mugged Martin Murray around on a couple of occasions. He's obviously got himself in bother uh, regarding the nasal spray and then that shit that he did on social media where he was bullying vulnerable members of our society. It was absolutely vile, really vile. He's had a minging year. I just hope that he gets his shit together because if Billy Joe Saunders gets his shit together, he could have a phenomenal 2019 because in the ring... He's still an outstanding talent. And I just hope, I just hope that he performs this weekend. I'm not anticipating that he will, though, because every time he fights someone like a Zoltan Sierra, he lowers his levels. I think yeah. he's a bit like Tyson Fury. He needs jeopardy. He needs to go into a fight where he's thinking, I could get done here. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you see the best Billy Joe. And I don't think you're going to get that this weekend. No. To be honest, my, my first post of call this week will be the scales with him. Because that'll tell Whether you Whether he everything. took it seriously, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he was about 12-5. Yeah, you know where he needs to be twelve. By the way, where he needs to be no, he needs to be fucking eleven and a half, twelve stone, super middleweight. Sorry, I didn't. Super he needs to be. He needs to be inside twelve stone, so just over middleweight for me to think he's uh, he, he's he's serious again. But I'd be very surprised if he's under twelve stone. I've got to be honest. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. That's Manchester. Oh, Michael Conlon on that bill. I'm looking forward to. It. I haven't seen Michael fight live yet. That's my first opportunity to see Michael Conlon fight live. So. 
for me, that's the one I'm looking forward to on the undercard. That's Manchester. You're definitely there. That's nailed on, yeah? I'm going to Manchester, yeah. Right, that's nailed on. My destination isn't nailed on at this moment in time. You could be going to the O2. Yeah. Still waiting on a phone call. That's it. Yep. O2. Do you know, I'm all right with it. Me, I'm fucking hell. It was one of the best heavyweight fights of our generation. So why the hell wouldn't you be fine with it? And after the performances last time out, after the way they go at each other, I have got no fucking issue. If someone, if someone rang me today and went... Listen, we're fucking Adam off. He's crap. Come and present our show covering Dillian White versus Chisora. And, you know, it's happened before. I would go, absolutely. <laughs> Dillian versus Derek. Like you said, I'm well up for this. Fuck only, yeah. Can't wait. The, the, only, the only thing I have is, Dillian, why are you taking the fight? Mm-hmm. You didn't need to take the fight. It's mm-hmm. proper. I know that we use banana skin a lot on this show, but he's done what he needed to do this year. He's beaten Lucas Brown. He's beaten Joseph Parker. He's fr- he's at front of the queue for April thirteenth. Why take this? Yeah, I suppose that's why fans love him because he don't give a shit. It's anywhere, anytime. Stick a pair of gloves on, put me gummy in, and let's have it. And you know that he's going to bring war. You know that War Chisora is going to bring war. It will be an absolute classic. Yep. But Chisora's proved that he can take a beating for eight rounds, an absolute hiding of uh, Carlos Takam. Yeah, and he only needs one shot. He only needs to land once. Yeah. And there's also the fact that in the first fight, me and you, after that first fight, which was on the Joshua uh, Molina on the card, we sat in and went, I thought Dillian got away with one there, to be fair. I thought Derek already edged that. Yeah, absolutely. It was a cracker. And I had no complaints, don't get me wrong, but I no, did think that tired. Derek just edged it. Mm. But uh, but again, this is another one for the scales. It'll be interesting to see how Dillian weighs in this week because he was £10 heavier or £12 heavier for his last performance against Joseph Parker when, let's be honest, if there was 13 rounds, he'd have been he'd finished. Gone, yeah. He'd absolutely gone in the 12th compared to the 12 rounds he did with Chisora, which, he, 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 as I say, he was £12 lighter for. So I don't know whether he, he deliberately, because of the size of Parker, he wanted to add more to size bit, on yeah. to have a bit more strength. But for me, that didn't kind of work. I think he needs to be a little bit lighter. Um, and that's when you kind of see the best out of him. But uh, he won't have to go looking for Chisora. These are the type of fights, yes, why is he taking it? It's lose-lose for Dillian White. I agree with that. But then also, if you're not able to beat an aging Derek Chisora, even a revitalised Derek Chisora, then you've got no business being in the ring with AJ anyway. And that's ultimately what he's trying to do this weekend. He's trying to... He needs a sensational performance inside eight-round stoppage finish, really blow Chisora away to be able to go, right, get on the microphone and go, bring me AJ. I deserve AJ in April. That's what they're desperate for. They're absolutely desperate for it because the longer the talks go between Eddie Hearn and Deontay Wilder's people, which I'm guessing are still ongoing at the moment, to try and announce April, the longer they take, the more it seems like Dillian White is going to go down the rematch with Tyson Fury route, which means AJ's left holding his cock. Deontay Wilder, you mean? You said Deontay Wilder, sorry, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which means that AJ's left holding his cock in both hands. He probably needs both hands. In regards to April, might need mine as well. <laughs> a couple of hands, yeah. Um, he he needs an opponent, and the only way Eddie Ayn can even try and sell it to us is if Dillian White looks sensational this weekend. Yeah. Sensational. Hmm. Anything other than that, he's not a, not even close to being a viable option for Anthony Joshua, and leaves Eddie Ayn with a headache. So I think Eddie Ayn said to Dillian, "Take this fight, do a number on him, prove you're worthy of April." And let help me sell April. 
Otherwise, we're kind of fucked. Mm. Um, there's another couple of... Well, there's, there's three interesting fights, actually, on this undercard. Um, I'm going to go to uh, my boy Bellotti first. Yeah. Um, Ryan Walsh, current British featherweight champion. Bellotti needs to get back in that mix. Um, and um, obviously, his record would suggest that he does have the power to be able to do that. Um, before we actually talk about that fight, yes, you will have seen on social media your boy Jordan Gill digging me out a little bit yep. on the, on social media, and so I've no sure. doubt that if Pilotti does get beat this weekend, my uh, social media will be rife uh, with Jordan Gill memes and tweets uh, where he just peppers me for a good couple of hours, wanting some type of uh, some some type of rise. Well, I'm not rising, Jordan. All right, I know you listen to the show, right? Leave me alone. I've asked your boss to leave me alone, I've... <laughs> and he said no. Yeah, and he said no. He's going to encourage it even more. <laughs> leave me alone. All right. Yes, I might have got it wrong. <laughs> It's not the first time, and it will not be the last, Jordan. I'm on Team Gill, right? Yeah. But I'm also on Team Bellotti this weekend, fingers crossed, because he's not had the greatest year. Even no. though I picked him to have a great year, he hasn't had a great year. This is a wonderful way to finish it, a rubber stamp. And maybe even, if he wins, set up a fight with Jordan next year. Absolutely. And I think that's the big... That is a crack and fight for 2019, is to bring them both together. But first of all, he's got to beat Ryan Walsh, and Ryan Walsh has been British champion, holder of this Lansdale belt forever and a day. He stepped up to European level. He got, he got, he got a little bit found out at that time. But, mm. you know, Ryan Walsh is a solid, solid operator. Like, he can do a little bit of everything. Um, I think Bellotti's going to have to be a little bit patient this weekend. He can't Absolutely. just go in there guns blazing no. and think he can blow, out, uh, blow Ryan Walsh away because he's proven he's a tough fucking cookie. Do I think Bellotti will win? Yes, I do, actually. I think Bellotti will win. Are you coming, but, uh, you're coming up? Only, no you're, only because you're fucking trying to no set up chance. a fight. This is what Kidnap, it is. Yeah. Do I think Bellotti will win? Yes. Because I want him to fight Jordan next and then Jordan <laughs> to school him. That's basically what you want to happen, isn't it? Of course it is. Mm. No doubt. Um, really, really hope Charlie Edwards can do the business uh, yeah. against Rosales. Rosales is proper. Yeah, proper. Rosales is the guy, by the Indeed. way, for those that don't remember, Rosales is the guy that fought Paddy Barnes. Mm-hmm. And did him with body shots uh, in Belfast. You may remember all that. Uh, Charlie Edwards going up against him for that WBC flyweight um, championship. Um, and as you said a little bit earlier on, the Edwards boys, Sonny, obviously were, the weekend was great. Charlie has looked great since his first loss, of course. Mm-hmm. He's up against it. There's no question he's up against it. I just thought with it being in London, he'll have a massive crowd in there that he just feeds off it. And we've seen it happen before, mate. We've seen strange things happen before. On paper, you'd probably go with Rosales. But, come on, it's Christmas, man. Let's deliver a little bit of a present, eh? Let's see what you can do and really... uh, If he's in top condition, Charlie Edwards, I give him half a chance. Yeah. Listen, Andrew Selby schooled Rosales as well. Don't forget about that. I know he looked outstanding against Paddy Barnes. He's a special fighter, though, Andrew Selby. Andrew Selby's special. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Charlie Edwards, as you say, with the momentum behind, the performance of their kid from this weekend, just think it could be his moment. But Rosales proved against Paddy Barnes that he can whack, man. He carries a lot of power for a little guy. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, I fancy fancy Charlie Edwards Go to just it. nick it, yeah. That'd be brilliant if mm. he could. Uh, Boatsy in action this weekend. Outstanding. Yeah, but he's taking on Reynold Quinlan. Everybody remembers Reynolds for his uh, his escapades on pay-per-view with Chris Eubank Jr. He's yeah. never been a pay-per-view fighter. But nope. he's here, and he's fighting at light heavy now. You know what I mean? He didn't fancy the middle, super middle, so he's going right up uh, the uh, the rascal uh, to take on Boatsy. Listen, it's a step up in class for Boatsy because we've not seen him in the professional ranks uh, take on, let's say, a name. People mm-hmm. maybe know this name, and therefore they can put a little marker in the sand for, yeah. for Boatsy. I fully anticipate Boatsy to come through this in emphatic style. 
And then, who knows, the uh, uh, the British Boxing Board of Control might then uh, pull the finger out. And r- I think they've actually paused the uh, purse bid situation for him and uh, Callum Johnson. Because I think Callum's maybe yeah. got his eyes on going back to America and doing stuff over there. And rightfully so from a Callum point of view. Of course. But just for me as a greedy fan, I'd love to see it. There's some amazing fights at light everywhere, so let's be honest, that's not the only one. Um, but, you know, Callum Johnson, the whole point of fighting for a world title, taking that opportunity, um, isn't to then come back down to domestic level and take on a little monster like Buatzi. You know, he took the better BF fight to prove that he's at that level now and mm. he's looking for opportunities at level and rightly so. But, you know, there's other great fights out there with Jose Burton and Andy Yard and all the others. So it's my favourite division. But I actually think that Buatzi's the best of the lot, me. Mm. Go on. You might as well mention the other one that you want to talk about on this card. Big Pricey. Yeah. Big Pricey, Tom Little. Yeah, it's definitely happening, Tom Toll, even though it's not on box record or anything. But, um, I, I, you know, Tom Little's very much a domestic level fighter. I don't think there's any qualms about that. I think Pricey will people will him. Yeah, but people will argue that Pricey is at this moment. Yeah, it? of course, yeah. But I think he'll prove this weekend that, he's, that he is indeed beloved, above domestic level. And this is probably a fight that Pricey needs. He needs to... Come back, jump out of world title level for a minute, get a win on his record, get a confidence building knockout on his record. I think Tom Little sees it as his fucking yeah, epic ticket, final. Yeah. Where's Price's bicep at? Is he fit? He's fit as far as I know, yeah. He's fit. I haven't spoken to him in a couple fight. of weeks, but he's fit, he's strong. Uh, as I say, it's Monday at the moment, so I'm keeping me, all my fingers and toes crossed. But uh, if the fight does go ahead, I expect Pricey to win in, in, in style. And uh, hopefully so, look ahead to 2019. I hope so. I'm sick of watching Pricey yeah, through my fingers. Pricey won't lose to Tom Little if he does. Uh, then I, I think Pricey himself will pull himself out. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you're in world title class, as long as you're enjoying being a boxer, and he is enjoying it, he's got a big smile on his face. As long as he proves that he's beyond this level, again, I I 100% believe he is. Mm. Um, I think Tom Little's a little bit made for him in that regard because Tom Little will go headhunting because Tom Little sees him as a as a paycheck. He wants to be in the hundred thousand dollar fights or whatever it may be. Mm. Pricey's got to get rid of this guy, get rid of him early, and then look towards twenty nineteen and maybe building up a, a comeback trail, whether that's through the European route or whatever it might be. With these big heavyweights, though, dude, you're always two knockouts away from the phone call. You just don't know. Mm. Um, away from uh, the UK. There's a little bit of action going on uh, over in the States. New York City is the destination at the Barclays Centre. The Charlo twins have had to work toss a coin as to who's topping the bill. Um, and Jamel ended up winning. Um, he's the uh, super welterweight, the WBC champion there. Uh, he's taking on Tony Harrison this weekend. Tony Harrison was absolutely dismantled by Jarrett Hurd. And that is the fight that we want to see. We want to see Jamel in with Jarrett Hurd. If you were watching the uh, Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury card a couple of weeks back, you'll have seen Jamel get in the ring and give it a bit. Uh, with Jarrett Hurd, a man that's been out uh, for a, a short period of time. That unification has to happen for me in 2019. I would absolutely love to see it. And from just body language on that night, I probably side towards Charlo a little bit because he, he seemed a bit more aggressive. He seemed to want it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. However, size and you know experience, maybe at this moment in time, probably would side with Jarrett Hurd. It's a fantastic fight, and fingers crossed uh, they can they can make that happen. I fully anticipate another corkscrew uppercut highlight reel knockout of the year contender uh, from, from which uh, one <laughs> from Ju- well firstly from Jamel well, Jamel or Jamal you might even have seen Jamal do that first and then his yeah, brother yeah. will do a carbon copy straight after so Jamal's taking on Matt Kobarov, uh who many people might remember Kobarov from Andy Lee beating him um, but this guy's actually beaten Jose- that's his only loss though isn't it Andy Lee yeah but this guy's actually beaten Jose who's category 
Mm. Right? Who is a ferocious puncher. This guy outpointed him. Yeah. So he's no mug. No. Is uh, Korobov. He he can do a bit, but we're talking about a Charlo here, mate. So yeah. um, and this is uh, obviously at middleweight. He's the one that stepped up in weight. Did that uh, Jamal eh? Um, so I fully anticipate him to do a business. I think his fight will be a little bit more tougher than his brother's, um, but I still reckon he'll uh, he'll get Kobrov out there because these guys are just freaks. Yeah, I think I think Jamal. I'm looking at Jamal for the sensational knockout in the co-main, and I think the pressure's on then Jamal to uh, to do something similar. But I actually think it, it might take him a little bit longer. He might even have to go to Dins. Jamal, the middleweight's actually my favourite, but it is hard to fucking separate them. To yeah, be honest, yeah. you know when well, they, the, the twins met. Yeah, no, no, exactly. It's quite difficult when you when you stare at them. But that's the other thing. It's like if one of them got sick in the dressing room, could the other one step the in? The other one could just fucking just get the cameras out a minute, right? Switch clothes quick. Go yeah, on. yeah. Because they're they you know pretty much the same weight class. They're pretty much identical. That's what I'd be concerned about if I was facing either of them. Like, which one are you actually facing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't. Uh, I haven't seen a British. If TV you've never listen, no, not yet. But I'm sure there will be. There's got to be because these are the Charlo Fox twins. Nation will pick that up probably. You would have thought so, yeah. And maybe you know. This is the type of card that we talked about at the top of the show. This is the type of card that is coming to ITV4 or ITV Hub or We Can Dream, maybe even ITV1. This is, you know, the whole PBC stable, the Charlo twins. You've heard us talk about these guys for well over a, a year, two years now. I keep reiterating these two are the future of American boxing. They're no longer the future. They're the fucking presence of American boxing as well. Absolute sensational superstars, knockout punches, and every time one of them scores a sensational knockout, the other brother seems to outdo him. So, wherever you find it this weekend, and we'll certainly tweet out or put it on our social media um, about where to go for this fight. But do not miss it. Record it. Enjoy it over Christmas. The Charlo twins, dangerous motherfuckers. <laughs> I love them. Done. There you go. Um, if you are, by the way, in Manchester this weekend, Nick will be about. He'll be at the bar. He'll be uh, he'll be getting the drinking for everybody. Um, I'll be working sadly in London, so therefore I won't be at the bar because obviously I'm a professional at all times. If that phone call does come in, I shouldn't say if it doesn't come in. Then so you're going to be in Manchester with me? Yeah. Okay. Sounds. You that... can get him in then. Eh? You can get him in then for the change. Mm. Um. So if you are in Manchester, make sure you get on our social media because we will definitely meet up before and, we sign uh, and off. arrange something. Yeah. Before we sign off, we've got to mention it. It fucking happened last night. I never watched it. Oh, sports personality? Yeah. Go on. Now, it would be... Listen, I think you don't need us to reiterate the fact that it was glaring omission to not have Tyson Fury in there. And I've seen BBC staff scuttling around kind of saying, oh, yeah, but we made this shortlist prior to what Tyson Fury did as achievements, anything else. That's bullshit. Absolute nonsense. You know, at the end of the day, in this day and age, it doesn't take a week, two weeks, three weeks. What was it? It was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Three weeks ago. You don't need that time frame to pull together your votes or whatever it may be. This is the this is 2018. You should be able to end the vote the second before you go on TV or whatever it may be. Absolute bullshit excuse that. And then Tyson, the only thing I have seen from the internet, because as soon as that tweet come through and I was travelling home, and that tweet saying, here's the shortlist. I was coming home from the match and I thought, well, that's me. I'm not even watching sports personality now. I'm not even watching it mm. because if that's the level of bullshit that's going on, a fucking cricketer because they won a test. Harry Kane because he got fucking, because he scored a couple of goals at the World Cup against Z-level teams. You know, I just, it's supposed to be fucking sports personality of the year. I got, I, I won't got... reiterate what was on Twitter because everyone's been vocal about it. Yeah, yeah. 
But I just think it was a massive oversight. And I think the, the one clip I have seen was Tyson's speech when he got him on stage. And what he said there and then, I don't know what the fuck Jane Thomas said, but if he said anything as stronger or more poignant or more more incredible than that, I'd be fucking very surprised. He was decent. The kid that won it, the, the cyclist, he was yeah. decent. But I'm what, not, listen, I ain't overlooking that. No, no, no. Winning the fucking Tour de France Mate, is a twat of a job. Listen, I got told this, right? So I put a tweet out last night going, Tyson Fury not shortlisted, speechless. That's all I put. And a mate of mine who works at the BBC sent me a text. He's going to re- remain nameless because what I'm about to say will might get him into trouble. An emergency meeting at the BBC was held the day after Wilder Fury, right? Because they knew full well that there would be a clambering for Fury to be shortlisted or somewhere in that in, in their awards and be yeah. honoured for, uh, for his achievements over the last 12 months. And the board members categorically agreed that, that Tyson Fury would not any in any way, shape or form be shortlisted for Sports Personality of the Year because he doesn't meet their moral code. Right, so that's what it was then. There you go. It was about something he said five years ago, four years ago, whatever it. it may be. That's it. Rather than his, what he did in 2018. That's it. Which is kind of going against what Sports Personality of the Year hmm. is, no? They need to change the name of it. It's not Sports Personality, it's Sporting well, Achievement, no, isn't it? Fucking Harry Kane's got no personality. I'm not just digging on Harry Kane here, but he's the one I know most on from that list. Hmm. But then there was other people like fucking Ronnie O'Sullivan's just... Yeah, like, had an amazing year. Yeah, yeah. Adam PTR kid up in Scotland. He's just fucking won everything there is in the swimming pool. Then there's the the motorbike the the, the motorbike guy who last year came second, mm. who's just won his world title again for another year running. That's that's where I'm coming from. I just thought as a list of six, that's the best we could come up with for 2018. Yeah, but to represent this, you got to your BBC box, British Isles. Yeah, but it's, it's a BBC thing. But that was the other thing. Why is Harry Kane shortlisted for it? Because England reached the semi-final of the World Cup. If I, I'm, Br- that's British. He was, he was golden boot winner. Yeah, but that's British. What do you mean? So if I'm in Scotland, I didn't fucking enjoy watching Harry Kane win the World Cup, uh, win golden boot at the World Cup, or Welsh. I couldn't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? For England, that was good. The whole of England stopped. We were all in pubs. Do you think everyone in, in Scotland was in the pubs going, "Oh my God, they're in the semis. This is amazing." Where the fuck they wanted us to lose every game. And BBC is supposed to represent Britain, not England. You had no business being in there. Absolutely no business. And don't even talk to me about the fucking cricketer. It's not even sports. <laughs> Cricket is not a sport. Told you this before. Anyway, moving on. I think it was a mistake. Listen, I work for the BBC. I know great people that work at the BBC. And I know some of them would have been embarrassed. I know Steve Bunce was tweeting through gritted teeth last night, trying to excuse for it. I was basically trying to say, well, Tyson was shortlisted for moments of the year. Why didn't you vote for that with the Netball Girls one? What you've just told me then, it was you probably still wouldn't have won anyway. They wouldn't have done. It was a talking gesture in being involved in that. Exactly. No, no Absolutely. Disres- no disrespect to the Netball Girls. Listen, you look at what they did that last Amazing. Minute. Fantastic. Amazing. But what I'm saying is... 17 people watched it. Exactly. Who the fuck watched it? Who the fuck watched them girls come from nowhere to win that championship? Nobody. Nobody at all. But it was on the BBC, mate. Well, there you go. There's and the, that's, that's the embarrassing thing the about it. There's the tick. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to us this year. We will be back with some more boxing episodes for you in 2019. Make sure you come and join us for that. There will be an extra episode this week where we take a little bit of a, a review of 2018 and pick our prospects of 2019. Hopefully I'll have a better year next year. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.